Genesis 1, starting at verse 26, be in prayer for all of those who are traveling. I know the uh, Alberts are traveling and the Heard, uh, Brother Jim and Jack Heard, are in San Francisco at the hospital. Verse 26, then God, then God said, let us, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the living and over the livestock and over all all the earth and over every creeping thing that that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own his own image in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the, on the earth. Divine creation and the reflexive image of God. Divine creation and the reflexive image of God. We're going over this information as it falls under our theme, operating in the sovereign will and power of God, spiritual resurrection and life resuscitation. Perhaps there's some information here in the book of Genesis as we are primarily dealing with chapters 1, 2, and 3, but we're still building a foundation in chapter 1, and you can't really understand chapter 2 without understanding chapter 1, and you can't understand, you definitely can't understand chapter 1 without understanding chapter 2. There are some things that if we have only Genesis chapter 1, we're in trouble. Because remember, well, I'm, I can't even go that far yet. Haven't gone to chapter 2, so I can't even tie that knot for you just yet. But th there are some dynamics to where if all we have is chapter 1 and we don't have God's process and explanation in chapter 2, some of us are running wild. Some of us running wild anyway. But at least chapter 2 reminds us that you're running wild and you have no permission to run wild the way you're running wild. But we're not there yet. But perhaps understanding this creation story 
and all that God did to create us, it's supposed to help us have a better understanding of who we are in God and have a better understanding of who we all are in Christ and not only how we are to relate to God, but how we are to relate to each other. So there's really a great deal of intimacy that can come out of the book of of Genesis, especially looking at chapters 1, 2, and 3, because it's God giving us uh, a, a, a crystal clear view of creation, which includes us. This is not just a book of, of religion, but this is a book of history. This is not just a historical look at uh, God bringing into fruition the creation of the world from a religious perspective. But God is also giving us so that he can help every human being understand how the world was created. And again, as, as we said in the very beginning or at the beginning of, of, of last, last week, we want to keep this, this phrase clear as well that Genesis belongs to the synagogue and the church in ways it will never belong to the academy. Again, that, that's not to put a knock on the academy or anything like that because clearly the book of Genesis belongs to the academy as well. But in ways, it belongs to the synagogue and the church in ways that it does not belong to the academy. It's also important, it's very important to understand that Jesus was there at the beginning. So when we are going through Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, we are not dismissing the Messiah. We are not dismissing the Godhead because, again, the Bible lets us know in verse 26, then God said, let us make man. That's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But when we look at verse number one in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So let me just do something real quick here. Let us go to John, John, John chapter one. Just just to make a few things clear, John chapter 1, because, and, and who knows how, how far we will get beyond this, but it's important to understand the sovereign nature of God, and this, this should bring us a certain level of comfort. So this is really just to help set up what we are seeing and what we are investigating in Genesis chapter 1, where we are, but also, God willing, where we're headed in terms of chapters 2 uh, and 3. And again, we are going to have to say some things a bit later on about some other chapters, especially dynamics of the flood and how how dynamics of the flood just changed so many things about life from a, 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 a geological and structural perspective. That, that the flood was such... A violent, catastrophic 
experience that it shook up the core of the world. So the way the foundations were structured in the beginning, well, once the flood hit, all of that was shook up. That's why we can't holistically trace everything that's mentioned about in creation from a ge geography perspective. We can't trace and find everything because in the flood, all of that stuff got shook up. But again, we would have to understand dynamics in in, in, in relationship to the creation of the world and then how the flood, by, by way of a violent catastrophe, shook everything up. But again, we, we, we want to also just understand and continually emphasize that, that God is not making up things as we go along. This, this is important to understand by way of, of, of the book of Genesis that, that, that God is not waiting for things to happen and then he's figuring out a plan of how to address those things that are happening. God is not sitting high on his throne saying, scratching his head saying, okay, well now they're dealing with COVID. What should I do? <laughs> no, that's us. We, we're still trying to grapple with, 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 with the, with the COVID-19 dynamic and a, and, and a pandemic and a post-pandemic world. But trust me, that is not the mindset of God. God is not sitting back watching things happen and then trying to figure out a process and a plan to be responsive to what is happening. We serve a God that is a God that is all about foreknowledge. We, we serve a God that is all about predestination. We, we serve a God that, that, that operates under his, his determinate counsel and foreknowledge. In other words, there is nothing that will ever catch God by surprise. Now that's supposed to bring you and I comfort. Because what it means is when it, when I am in my crisis, let me just go ahead and get to the punchline, that when I am in my crisis, God has already seen my crisis and already responded to my crisis and he responded to my crisis before the foundation of the world. That's the God that we saw. There is nothing that we are going through right now that God did not already see. Before he even put us in our mama's womb. So nothing is an afterthought for God. Everything that we see and everything that we are going through right now, God already saw all of that. And, 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 and created the plan and the process based upon what he saw before creation. God knew that his son was going up on the cross before creation. He didn't come up with a scheme of redemption after the fact. So while, while we are in the midst of going through our troubles, this is why God is able, was able to say things. This is why Jesus was able to say things so often to his very own, own disciples, to his very own, uh, 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 apostles about, oh, you are, you are, uh, you are of such little faith. 
Because he wants us to understand, Sister Michelle, he wants us to understand that he has already seen everything. So the God that we serve, we are supposed to be so comfortable and so confident and, and so settled in who he is because the storm that I'm going through, he already saw that storm and has already made sure that I have everything that I need to be able to make it through that storm. And he knew that before he fashioned the world. So while I'm struggling, God is saying, if you claim me as Abba, if you claim me as daddy, if you claim me as father, then why are you tripping so hard when you know that I'm already aware of your problem? I already addressed your problem. I know you think it's more that you more than you can handle. But I saw your problem play out and I know how successfully it ends. Because I already saw it. It's already rooted in my predestination and my determinate counsel and my foreknowledge that I already see the end. I know you are just at the beginning, but I already see the end. So God is saying, just hold on. Because I see how it works out. And then even if you do die in that crisis, God is saying you don't need to worry about that either because then you will be with me. He's saying, I got it. I got it all. I got it all worked out already. God isn't trying to figure out what, 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 what my solution is to my deepest problem. Now. We'll be talking about this in the AM or in the PM, I should say, uh, as, as we shift into, into Genesis. But remember, we won't say it verbatim, but remember what, what, what God said to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you, before I placed you in the womb, I knew you and had ordained you a prophet. Now, you, now you think that's as far as it went. God said, uh, uh, but... I, I, I knew I, I knew you, I ordained you a prophet, but I didn't know what was going to happen to you in your prophetic office. No, God saw everything. He told Jeremiah, I already made you a defensed city. I already made you a protective force to be able to deal with all of the onslaught coming your way. I did that before you even knew who your mama would be. I did all of that before you even knew who your daddy would be. I did all of that before they even conceived you. John links his beginning narrative. At least that's how it seems to me. I can't tell you I read this in some commentary somewhere. But again, if you look at Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and you look at how John opens his text, there's some intimacy there. There are some parallels there. But again, the Bible says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So in the beginning was the word. That's what John wants us to know. That in the beginning, the word existed. 
Now, John can only go back with his beginning. He can only go back to creation. So he, but, but God has no beginning. God has no end, but at least, at least John can go back to the beginning. And he's saying that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Now remember this bara and this haya to where all God has to do is speak a word. And some things come into existence. God just has to speak a word and some things just appear. He speaks a word and some things are just immediately manifested because in the beginning was the word and the word was God. He was in the beginning, verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. We see the spirit is there hovering over the face the face of the deep he was in the beginning with God all things that were what all things that were made all things that were created all things that uh, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light what's the first thing God makes First thing he and 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 again we're not we're not back there yet, but just notice that that God whether that's chap uh, 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 day number three day number four whenever that is perhaps day 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 three or four when when God creates those great lights the one uh, uh, greater light the one lesser light we know them as the as the moon we know them as 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 the sun God didn't necessarily call it that but remember now before God even created uh, what we know of as the sun and the moon He had already said let there be light so so because the 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 world in its in its very existence from the beginning prior to creation it's basically just like a big bowl of water but there's water on the bottom and there's water on the top but there's no light but god tells us that the spirit hovered above the face of the waters. Now, we don't ever read about God creating water. God worked with the waters. God moved the waters around. God caused the waters to congeal. But we read nothing about God creating water. Water was something that was already there. Water would be something that would, would be classified under that primeval state where this was already in the presence of God. This was already with God prior to creation. So God doesn't tell us anything about the creation of water. Water was already here. But God said as soon as he starts his creation process, let there be light so now there's there's illumination and then later on that light is now formalized into light that lights up the day and a light that also lights up the night but again verse 4 in him was life and the life was the light of men Moses starts off by way of what he was given, that in the beginning, light was created so that the world could have light. 
John helps us understand that Jesus came on the scene so that as human beings, we could have light. And that if we don't have the light and the guidance and the light bright path of the Son of God, we are of most men all nothing more but, but miserable. Verse, verse number five. The light, the light shines where? Oh, the, I, I don't, I see a parallel with John 1 and Genesis 1. I don't know what you see, but again, they're talking about darkness being dealt with and managed and massaged and overcome by light. And here John is also parlaying this same passage in imagery, but he's not talking about the earth being filled with light. He's talking about humanity and the people of God being filled with light because we got a whole bunch of darkness going on. We are full of darkness. We are full of trickery. We are full of deception. We are full of lies. We are full of evil. We are full of all kinds of things that are ungodly. But through Christ, we get the light. This light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14. You know, this Sunday school preaching. Let's go back to when you was five years old. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace, grace and truth. Now, let's go to Ephesians real quick. Again, this is just just setting setting up. The creation story. Because we need to know that Jesus was there from the beginning. So the salvation story starts in Genesis chapter 1. Just, just make that clear because Jesus is there working stuff out. Jesus is there and the Bible lets us know that there was nothing created that did not include the Son of God. There was nothing to created that did not include the word of God. Uh, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 5. I, I, I know you know all of this already, but, but I think it's just it's, it's important and responsible to set these elements up and link them to the creation story so that no one thinks that God is making things up as he goes along. That things are is exactly as God knew they would be. God is not shocked. God is not surprised. Brief commercial break. Oh, man. We also serve a God that is full of emotion. So all of you people that want everyone to keep their emotions in check and be emotionless people. But you are talking to people that were created by an emotional God. God created people in his image and after his likeness. So you mean God has emotion 
And you and I are created in his image and after his likeness, but we are to be emotionless. God who saw everything before the creation took place, the God, the great God of heaven that saw everything, saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, still kept it real with us so that in real time, when we started making mistake after mistake, God basically says, I can't stand that I made them. He already had that conversation with himself before creation, but he wants you to know in real time that he has emotion and God feels some kind of way about our disobedience. Well, you need to keep your emotions under control. You lost your emotion. Somebody starts crying. Oh, he lost, he lost his emotions on the stage. Lost emotion or expressed emotion? Made in the image and likeness of God. Verse 3, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior or our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places, even as he did what? Chose us in him before the foundation of the world. No, not sometime after creation. But before God created the foundations of the world, as we know them today, God had already worked some stuff, some stuff, some stuff out. Us in Christ with every spiritual blessing uh, in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He, he predestined us for adoption. Adopt and, and I know, I know, that's, adoption is loaded language, and we talked about this before, right? But again, he says adoption as sons. Everyone becomes a son of God. This is not even the lesson, but I just want to emphasize this point, and we've done it before, but since we're here, we'll just do it again. But, but the divinity of God chooses the concept by way of salvation under the notion of adoption. Because the adoption is something that is extremely special. All of it is special. All of it is special. But see, sometimes people have children and they didn't want to. Let me take a drink right quick. Sometimes people have children and it just happened. It wasn't part of their plan. It just came about. And with it comes some frustration. Some pain, some angst. God just blessed you with a child and you're upset. 
I said, I'm not playing that. Scheme of redemption, he brings in adoption language. See, you adopt. You chose. And you didn't have to. You didn't get to select your child that you birthed. You didn't get to choose. I have an aunt. She got three boys. And every time she got pregnant, she went out and decorated the room like a girl and bought nothing but girl clothes. I'm talking about a lot of clothes. She was going to will this thing to happen. Biblo, she had a son. She gets pregnant again. Decorates the room like a girl. Buys a whole bunch of girl clothes and tells everybody, no, you bring me clothes for a daughter. I'm small. I, I remember. I remember all of those clothes. Has a second son. <laughs> Third son. I'm decorating the room for a girl. Y'all bring me girl clothes. Had to take all that stuff back. Three boys. Never had a girl. We don't get to choose. You don't get to choose behavior. You don't get to choose disposition. You don't get to choose eye color. You don't get to choose anything. But adoption is all about choice. I don't want him. I want her. I want her. There's something special about that. Because you chose, you better take, you, you went out your way to adopt, you better take care. Because you didn't have to. Oh, y'all looking strange. I'm glad God adopted me. I'm glad God chose me, that God predestined me to be in his kingdom based upon his foreknowledge. His determinant counsel. His, his, his predestined knowledge that God said, Amar, you're mine. It was predestined that God saw Enoch before the foundations of the world. And God already knew, yep, Enoch, I'm taking him. God knew he was taking Enoch before he created the foundations of the world. That I'm, he's mine. I'm not even going to allow Enoch to see death. I'm taking him. It's his foreknowledge. It's his determinate, determinate counsel. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Back to Genesis 1. We could end right there, but I know you would look at me a little strange. The book of creation entails the story about our relationship with God. We, we might not get where you want me to be. I don't know if we'll get there or not. 
Genesis 1, verse 1. This is world history. As well as religious history. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. In other words, it was empty. It was filled with water, but it was not filled with life. And it was not filled with light. It didn't have the form that we know of today. Earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Which means the deep was already there. The the, 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 the earth's crust to a degree in some form or fashion was there because even though we're not there yet but just like water dry ground just suddenly appeared this is why this statement Genesis belongs to the synagogue and church in ways it will never belong to the academy is so profound for me. Let me just say two things, man. A believer rooted in faith is not struggling with the Genesis account. So as God starts massaging and moving around the waters and then in creation suddenly dry ground appears the believer in the biblical text then has no problem with the story of the exodus when God parted the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds and the people of God walked through on dry ground Like, why would that be hard for God where the water was already here and then God spoke a word and suddenly the dry ground appeared? So what could seem strange to you and I is already uh, relevant and manifested in the biblical text that God did that in creation. So why do you think it's strange that the people of God were able to walk through a sea that God split apart and they walked on dry ground? He did that in the beginning. We already said that before the fall, man doesn't have a conflicted relationship with with the animals in which God created. There's there's no viciousness between man and animals. Adam is not running from a lion. He's not he's not running from a silverback gorilla. Oh, see. I know we we bring our mind, our 21st century mind into an ancient text. 
Our culture is so far off from the mind of God that many of the things that we struggled with is because we choose not to do things the way God does them because we live in a culture that is not of God. There are things that we struggle with every single day and it's only because we are doing things based upon the culture in which we know it and that culture is out of step with the cultural dynamics of God. I would say some stuff, but I'm not. So, so, so when you think about Daniel in the lion's den, you think God is doing a new thing. No, God just took those lions that, 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 that were in the lion's den with Daniel. God just took those lions and put them back mentally and psychologically into their original state where they saw no beef with man. They remember that. So for us, this is, ooh, look at that. Look at that miracle. God said, I made them to be like that in the beginning. Adam was sitting with lions from the beginning. <laughs> So that ain't no miracle. That's God showing you how it was from the beginning. That man and lion sat together. But now that the fall has taken place. I don't know who said it, but you better run. You better get to moving. (laughs) And the spirit and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters again verse 3 and God said haya let there be in other words when God said let there be light light just suddenly existed light just suddenly became light just suddenly happened the Bible says and there there was light first thing created is light not the sun Not the moon, just the concept of light. And then God was able to separate day from night. Then here comes sun and moon from a solar system perspective so that we can understand times and seasons and signs. Verse 5, God called The light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. The first day. Now, if I'm not mistaken, days one, two, and three is God setting up creation. To receive life. There's some stuff happening in four as well. But by the time we get to day five. Everything that has life. Now has a habitation. For it to thrive. And we haven't gotten to humanity yet and how that works. We got to break that down in chapter two. But just notice God works with us that way. God is not walking us into a situation that is unfinished based upon his divine understanding. Now for you and I, we might say, but I still need 
But the situation God walked you into is suitable for you to inhabit it now and then keep growing it from there. God blessed all of us with the spiritual gift or gifts, but he expects for us to continually cultivate the gift in which he has given to us. Told you I can't get away from Matthew 25. One got five bags of silver. God expected him to do something with the five bags of silver. He expected for that, that silver to be multiplied. When God blesses us with a gift, he expects for us by way of utilizing that gift to multiply that gift. Verse 6, God said, let there be an expanse, firmament, in the midst of the waters. In other words, let's, let's, let's get some separation. Because we got water below, and we have water above in creation. So God says, let there be, let there be. He just speaks it and boom, there it is. We said it last week as well, but that, that's every now and then. God doesn't always do this for us, but every now and then, that's how God allows a blessing to show up in your life. He just spoke it. But trust me, he didn't speak it just now. Biblos, he spoke it before the foundation of the world. I know I'm going back and forth, but hopefully, uh, maybe I'm talking to myself, Amar. Hopefully that brings you some comfort. Knowing that the stress and strain that you deal with, God already saw it, worked it out, and knows that you will make it through. So although you will have some stress, although you will have some anxiety, hopefully in the end, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will overcome you because you know that God has already worked it all out and worked it out for your good. In the midst of the waters and, and, and let it separate the waters from the waters. I don't know where my astrologists are, those that study the solar system. Because if I'm not mistaken, they found water way, way out there that they're trying to figure out. But from the beginning, there was water below and water above. And God said, but put the atmosphere in between. And God made the expanse or God made the firmament and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And then it was just so. <laughs> That's it. That, that, that God spoke this form of creation into existence and then it was. And then God says he saw that it was also good. Above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. 
He said, let, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. Let all the waters come together. One place. And, and, and let the dry land, voila! Let the dry land appear. We don't hear where God said, and let there be land. Water sits on something. If, if, we, were, if we were in chapter 7, 8, and 9 in regards to the flood, water ain't just coming out the sky. In the flood, water is exploding from beneath. There's volcanic activity. This is a catastrophic, violent occurrence. And the earth is basically exploding, and that's bringing forth water. While water is coming down from heaven, water is also gushing up from the earth. Oh, this is catastrophic. So while, every, while, while the land mass was all together, Man, after that flood, with all of those earthquakes exploding under the water, causing the earth to flood. Oh, yeah, now, now we have continents, separated land. That's flood. Destructive, catastrophic work. Next thing you know, by the time we get to chapter 11, we got the Tower of Babel. God separated land. And then God said, oh, y'all still want to be crazy? We're going to separate languages. He saw that, Naman, before the foundation was created. It, God didn't think after the fact, like, man, I already caused a flood. They still tripping? <laughs> Trying to build a tower all the way up to me? Now what am I going to do? Oh, he saw us. That, that's the grace of God. God saw how off we would be and still had so much love for us. He created us anyway. Man. Created us anyway along with a grace system to cover us. Whoo. Man. Man. But it only takes me one mistake with you when you throwing me out. I don't even get three strikes. I get one. And you done with me. And God saw me mess up royally before he even created me or the world in which I live. And as he saw how crazy humanity would be, he said, I'm throwing in a savior. Good thing we ain't God. You see what we've done? Trying to be like God. We didn't messed everything up. Oh, I wish I was at two. God called the expanse heaven because it was evening. Uh, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together, he called Seas. He saw that it was good. 
People get tripped up at 11. I'm, I know I'm, I need to be done. I don't even know how to end this now. Verse 11. And, and God said, because I'm supposed to end at. Two, we got the sermon is at 26, 27 and 28. And we ain't there. And God said, let, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. I'll, I'll just say this as I work toward closing seriously that this is why chapter two is needed because it's where God gives us his explanation for how we engage creation. Chapter one, God just lays it out. Chapter two gives us the relational dynamic of how we are to engage because it's in verse 11 again let 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 the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to its kind on the earth and it was so it happened then we have the third day God puts the solar system in place and we have the fourth day. By the time we get to day five, now God is ready to populate the sea. He's ready to put fish and whales See, and God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above. So by the time we get to day five, God is filling the sea with sea creatures. And now he's populating the firmament with animals that fly. It's our history. God is saying, this is how I created what you see. Do whatever you want to do, Big Bang, all of this other stuff, evolution. But God is saying, this is how I did what I did. And this is the order of how I did what I did. So before God created fish, before God created whales, he first of all made sure that there was a sea for them to inhabit. Because God is not in the business of creating something prior to someone inhabiting it and that place that they're supposed to inhabit being a suitable place for them. So now let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds above the earth uh, across the expanse. Uh, let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the, of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures. And every living creature that moves 
with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. (laughs) And he does something here. And God blessed them. Saying, be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. We don't have time to deal with it. We can come back to it. You can explore it on your own. But it's interesting how after God created the birds of the air, And the creatures of the sea, he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. But when he created the beasts, the livestock, and the cattle, they didn't get a blessing. He didn't tell them to be fruitful and multiply. Now, clearly they did. I'm just wondering why God did not. All I could do is suppose my thought, and it's just my thought, might be because God was already aware of what the serpent was going to do or the devil through the serpent. But, 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 but the animals did not get a blessing and neither were they told to be fruitful and multiply. But then God blesses humanity. And God tells us, he blesses us. Tells us to be fruitful and multiply. But God didn't leave it there. In chapter 2, he gives us stipulations on how to be fruitful and multiply. He told the animals, y'all go ahead and do what you do. Be fruitful. Multiply. He told human beings, be fruitful. Multiply. But under a context. Sexually, don't be an animal. Sex is for the fish. Sex is for the sea creatures. Sex is for the animals. Sex is for humanity. But God gave us as his divine creation. Created in his image and after his likeness. He says, no, you are going to experience the euphoria of sex and procreation. But under a context. He says, and when you operate outside of that, you are acting like the animals. You have stepped outside of your divine order. And God saw us doing that before he even created. (laughs) He said, I'm going to make Amar anyway. I see him acting like an animal. I ain't put a moon up yet. I ain't put a sun up yet. I ain't put a star up yet. And I see Amar. 
He saw you too. And still created you. With grace in mind. With mercy in mind. I'm going to just read. I'm going to just read it and then we're done. This is where we'll pick up beginning of October. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion. This is, this is, this is our image and likeness. That God has dominion. God subdues. God can think intellectually. God makes choices. This is us in the image and after the likeness of God, after our likeness and and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the living, over the livestock and over all the earth uh, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Notice he did not include human beings. You don't get to have dominion. You don't get to subdue another human being. I don't know how the biblical text got passed. Verse 27. So God, Bara, God created Adam. Man is the word Adam, Adam. So God created Adam. God created Adam. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. The word for ground is Adama. Man's name is Adam. And man was created from Adama. That's too windy. Man. I wish. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every. Now, now here's something I need to clean up. Because <clears throat> although we started off as vegetarians. God is also very specific about our vegetarian diet. Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. We get fruit with seeds for food. We ain't at the garden yet. But we get trees or plants yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant. I wonder why my dog wouldn't eat that peach. I'm joking. Kind of. 
I wish my dog would eat more fruit. But again, fruit was ours. Plants without seed necessarily for the animals. You could do deeper study. You'd probably come up with some other stuff. I have given every green plant for food. Now we know what we do. We eat whatever we want today. And God saw that. He saw that, yep, they starting off as vegetarians, eating peaches and watermelons and apples and kiwi, all this pomegranates. Now we doing pork chops and <laughs> bacon, lettuce, lettuce, tomato sandwiches. A baconator from Wendy's. I know you're hungry now. But his grace still covers us. I'm, I'm done. I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this story. Despite how much we, whether we say it or not, despite how much we say we care, God knows the truth. And God created us with the greatest of care in mind. So much so that he sent a savior. And somebody perhaps needs to meet that savior and embrace that savior today. But I remember being in Fiji over the summer. And where we were, there was a store. And this store had Coca-Cola, Mountain Dew, Sunkist, Pringles, Doritos, stuff that looked like home. So I buy me a Mountain Dew, some Doritos. I go back to the room, eat it that first day, but eventually I cracked open Mountain Dew. I'm, I'm, I'm U.S. bred, so I need that. It's killing me. Because I know how much I care. Perfect vessel of God. It's nothing but poison. But I need it. It's ice cold. I open up that Mountain Dew. And now I understand the meaning of a soft drink. Crystal? Coca-Cola in the U.S.? That ain't no soft drink. That thing will burn your throat. Start eating the Doritos. You know, Doritos U.S. is a messy affair. You pick up one, and you got a whole bunch of residue. So wait a minute. This ain't no Mountain Dew. What are these Doritos like? 
their nation is not allowing that trash in. So y'all can have a Mountain Dew. It ain't going to have nearly as much sugar and all of that other stuff that they allow us in the U.S. Y'all can have some Doritos Fijians, but we ain't, they can't, all of that stuff they allow in the U.S., that will not cross our borders. We care about our people. We care. We ain't letting you eat that. We ain't letting you drink that. So they have a deal with 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 Coca-Cola. They have a deal with Mountain Dew. They have a deal with who and all of those companies might be one in the same. But but they have a deal that says when you make the ones you are sending to Fiji, there are certain things that you allow by way of ingredients in the Dorito in the US. You cannot. It's illegal to bring that stuff on this island. We're not treating our people that way. We're not even introducing a Dorito with all of that stuff in it to our people. We're not even introducing a Coca-Cola or a Mountain Dew with all of that stuff in it to our people. That's how God feels about us. He's not introducing us to the stuff we don't need. Stand to your feet. He's giving to us what we need. We seek out other inventions. It's the biblical text and ways to fall. There, there might be someone here right now that needs to give their life to Jesus. Jesus was in the beginning creating the heavens and the earth. He was in the beginning creating you and I. He was in the beginning working out a scheme of redemption before the foundation of the world. And he did that so that you could meet him and be saved. Is there someone here that's heard that gospel that has believed it, that's ready to acknowledge I'm repenting. I'm, I'm no longer doing things my way. I'm doing things the way of Jesus, and I'm willing to confess him as my Lord and my Savior and then be baptized for the remission of my sins. Is there anyone here that needs that? Is there anyone here that knows they need that? There might be someone here that is a member of the body of Christ, but you haven't been living like the majestic creation that God created you to be. Perhaps you're not acting like one of the animals, but perhaps you're not acting godly either. And today is the day you can get that right and go back to living how God created you. Go back to living how God created me. We ask that you come forward and respond. If you need prayer, come forward as we sing the song of encouragement. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Jesus, seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, give up, I'll be a fool. You are my all in all. 
Taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all, all, Lord. When I fall down, you pick me up. But when I am dry, you fill my cup. He is my all in all. Oh, Lord Jesus, ye taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. Sweet Jesus, ye, and when I fall down, you pick me up. For when I am dry, you feel my cup. Worthy you are my all in all. Last time seen Jesus, the precious oh, Lamb of God. God. Look how worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, oh, Jesus. Jesus, oh, the Lamb of God. How worthy is your name. Amen. We have Bishop you down front, too. We'll start with Sister Crystal Creamer. I was truly tested um, in my new place. Um, as a Christian, I'm, I'm trying to help support uh, my nephew who is dealing with uh, behavioral health. And I allowed that to get me angry. Um, just with the things that took place um, Sunday into Monday early morning and I saw myself I, I saw a person that I didn't like and it wasn't helping him any the situation had gotten out of control it could have cost me my life and my daughter had to intercede I was trying to help my nephew that have come into my house into a safe space because where he is is not safe. And he brought a gun into my house, didn't know it. And things just escalated and it got bad. And my daughter had to step in. I literally had to put the child back in my car with that gun and get him back to where he needed to be because my daughter feared for my life and had I not did what he asked me to do. So I'm asking that you pray for me and my family because it's a lot going on and I need to be able to turn it off and give it to God and also the authorities instead of trying to hold it because I'm not helping myself or my daughter or any of my family members by staying quiet so I need to be able to turn it over to the authorities. Amen. Uh, church, I, I'm, I'm asking you guys to pray for me as I go through the transition of taking care of my parents, of watching them. 
I don't know how my wife had done it for 30 years, taking care of her mother. But as I watch each day that I go to take care of my parents, it becomes more and more difficult because you're not prepared as they deteriorate in mind and in spirit. And, and sometimes the conversations uh, is difficult to communicate when both of your parents are going through dementia. And so it's been real difficult to communicate uh, my feelings with my wife, my, my kids, because I don't know how to react or to respond as I go through uh, this transition of taking care of them. So I'm asking you that I uh, stay focused with God, don't lose sight of my service to you, but try to be able to work through and to manage and to have God just help me through this as, we, as I go through taking care of my parents. It's been real difficult uh, physically and mentally. So I'm asking for your prayers on that. Amen. Amen. Shall we bow? Father God, we're here. Just thankful for everything. Help the word to continually cultivate throughout our heart mind and our soul forgive us of our repentant sins father be with sister crystal kramer in the situation she explained the fear the fright the concern father thank you for keeping everyone safe help all of the necessary decisions that need to be made moving forward to be made. That wise counsel is heeded and the decisions of love are, are implemented. Be with her, be with her daughter, be with her whole family throughout this process. Be with the one that's battling circumstances that are challenging to one's mental health. Be with him. Help him, Father. Keep him safe. Be with Brother Stovall, who's in this season of caring for his aging parents, dealing with dementia, knowing that sometimes in that state there is no, there is no logical conversation that part of the condition is their inability to sometimes at a moment's notice where they're unable to say something rational or make a rational decision. So Father, for him as a son, he's watching mom, he's watching dad. We know that our our parents are our heroes. 
And it's challenging to see them in a state of physical decline. So, Father, be with him, be with his wife, be with his siblings as they care for their parents during this difficult time. Keep them safe. Father, for we know that sometimes dementia brings on circumstances where those who might be suffering from dementia aren't safe by themselves. So, Father, give give them the peace of mind that they need while they're caring for them, also the strength, because it's a 24-hour situation. Father, there may be others that did not come forward, but you know there are prayer requests on our heart. Keep all of us, and we know again, before the foundation of the world, you already knew. You already knew our struggles. You already knew the specific circumstances. You know the ones that we're in. You know the ones that are coming that we know nothing about. But Father, help us to hold on to your unchanging hand. Help us to remain convicted. Help us to remain a people of faith. Father, we ask this in the great name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, I want to do something because I lost my mind. I'm telling Brother Miles he's teaching and then I'm preaching too long. All right. So considering we got supposed to have three o'clock. Um, my bad, Brother Miles. Um, so let's, we're going to skip the announcements. You know what those are. Um, but if we could have Brother and Sister Hurt come up, if we could have Sister Adams come up. We're going to extend to them the right hand of fellowship as we prepare to close. Please stand to your feet. Whoever has the closing prayer can get into position and close us out. But before you leave, please come up front. Shake Sister Adams' Adams's hand. I know I'm putting you all on blast. I know, I know, I know. And before you leave, you come up front and give these wonderful people of God uh, the right hand, the right hand of fellowship. So Sister Amanda Adams and Jason and Lisa, Lisa Hurd. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your servant, Brother Sahili, and breaking down, Father, the creation in which you have established. We pray, Father, that everyone makes it home safely. We pray, Father, that you're with them and help them to whatever trials and tribulations that they face. And we thank you so much for my dear Sister Adams and her family. And we pray, Father, as we, as they make the transition to this new family, that we all will continue to show our love and respect to them. Help their transition to us be easier so that they can continue their long journey and travel to worship with us in spirit and in truth. We ask it in your darling son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll get you. I'll get you.